Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. That was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigars you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Londonderry, New Hampshire. If you are watching the stream live on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, or if you're listening after the fact, whether it's on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, or wherever else, you might find us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm yes. Pastor Padron. I'm here with my co-host Dave. Mm. Pat took a snow day. Took a snow but day. <clears throat> we have one of the original, not just blowing smoke alums with us tonight. Yes, OG. sir. Nick Oteen. Nick Oteen back with us, aka oh, yeah. Prison Nick. Can you and can you play my 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 stick? we have it? I hope so. Oh, yeah. It was on. It was very municipal. <laughs> it was very municipal. And this. along. Yes. This. Smoke this. Smoke it if you got it. Always. And we have Kaz Walters from Loud DC Distribution Group with us tonight. Hello, Kaz. And I believe I have a moniker now as well. And what's that? What's his, what's his little intro? That's his little intro? <laughs> little, little oh, no. Applause? No, I've I've been dubbed by. Uh, oh, so are we doing the Instagram one? No, 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 no. What you gave oh. me the other night? Oh, I love it. Oh, the warlock. The warlock. Yeah. Has the warlock. Interesting. Sitting next to Pastor Padron. Yes. Yep. Only fitting. Yep. Only, only. Fitting. It's because we can't fit on both of Dave's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dave would be crushed under the weight of these angels sitting on his shoulder. Well, or angel. devils, angel in warlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Anyway, uh, it is St. Pat's Week. St. Patrick's Day is this Friday, and uh, to, we thought we would theme the show after that. And just in the nick of time, we oh, got yes. this cigar. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited about it. Pun intended. <laughs> very excited about it for the last number of weeks. Mm-hmm. This is the Aladino. Candela Robusto. It is brand new, just came out. Only 400 boxes have been made of the cigar so far. There are only 32 accounts in the U.S. that have it. And those accounts were all stores that took part in the uh, Aladino Farm Tour uh, earlier this year, of which Twins did. I myself went along with... uh, Bobby, a.k.a. Tater Tart. Tater Tot. Tater Tot. And uh, we had an awesome time, and they unveiled this to us down there, and I have been eagerly awaiting it ever since. Um, It is a Honduran Candela uh, around the uh, Honduran Corojo um, binder and filler that's in the uh, uh, traditional, original Aladino line. 
It's a Robusto 5 by 50 um, They are looking to bring Candela back. Candela, Candela back. Candela yeah. used to be the big thing in the United States. It was the number one selling wrapper uh, in the United States. Um, used to be. Used to be, yep. What's the number one wrapper uh, now? Well, it's got to be what? It's got to be Connecticut. Yeah, there's a lot of Connecticut's out there. It's got to be Connecticut. But um, <clears throat> my understanding is there was some blight issues or whatever, blue mold or whatever with, mm. with the original Candela. And mm -hmm. so people, uh, because it was so hard to, to grow the plant that they were using, um, everything went to a traditional Connecticut uh, wrapper. Yep. And the traditional aging process, Candela, it cigars, the, well, the wrapper keeps the green because it's a very short period of fermentation. Mm -hmm. uh, it only takes about a week. Really? Um, yeah. Boom. Wow. And so Bada -bing. Uh, the Aroas would love it if this came back because they could produce stuff real quick for you. Um, anyway, so I'm I'm excited. I, I I know Dave's had this before. I think uh, Nick, you had you had one of these earlier today. I had one of these earlier for the, for first, the first time. time. Yep. You're smoking this for the first time, Kaz. This is now. my first impression. Yeah. And it, this is your first full Candela cigar, too. Correct. I have smoked cigars that were Candela barber poles, mm -hmm. but I have never smoked a Candela like complete 100% wrapped. Right. And um, it's uh, it's really nice. Yeah. I'm digging it so far. So, um, Nick, the pairing that we're doing with the Candela. Yes. You picked. So I you did. Wanna, do you want to talk about what it is? So we got the Boom Sauce. Boom, boom sauce. sauce. So the Boom Sauce is a double IPA, and I couldn't tell you anything about it other than I drank it the other day, and I was like, wow, I'm like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. I'm not really big on IPAs or lagers or beers or micro brews or anything like that i'm usually a bourbon whiskey scotch guy mm -hmm. and i had it and i was like wow i was like this is really nice this is really pleasant it's it not, is refreshing yeah it's not as heavy as some of the ip uh, yeah. ipas or double ipas out there where you get really grassy notes and it's really bitter up front yeah, and it's, it's like more sweet yeah and it's this is it, it's got some nice sweet notes in it so i was talking to danny earlier and we were, I was smoking it, and he asked me how, how I like the cigar, and I was like, it's really nice. It's 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 subtle, but it's got some really nice sweetness in it, and obviously they're, they're, they're using the Honduran tobacco in there, so you got the Corojo, so it's got some nice hidden spice in there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of complex. you got some nice sweetness that's going on, plus you got the kind of the grassiness that's coming through there, yeah. and it's really nice. So I was thinking, and we were talking, and I was like, you know what? I had a boom sauce the other day. And maybe that boom sauce will go good with it. And obviously we're working, so we couldn't try it on the spot. But, <laughs> you know, I should have punched out for 10 minutes and tried it. But, you know, couldn't do that. But now that I'm having this IPA and smoking this cigar, it's it's actually pretty nice. Because mm -hmm. the IPA yeah, is not definitely heavy. Definitely refreshing. Yeah, it's not heavy. It, mm -hmm. The IPA is kind of giving a little bit of the sweetness in there. And the cigar is coming through a little bit. It's a nice little pairing. Yeah, what so, do you guys think? So I'm not an IPA guy. Yeah. Full disclosure, I like malt my beer. I don't like hops. Oh. So I'm ales, porters, stouts, 
Me too. Uh, yep. I love a good like Belgian quad. Like that. That's my style of beer. That's the spectrum that I'm in. All right. Uh, this though, this is the first IPA I have ever had. All right. That I like. No, you like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, like, it's going to be booms. Not that I can just like tolerate. There have been some IPAs that I could like. Okay, oh, I can yeah, drink man. this. This is good, and not only do I think it's good on its own merits, but uh-huh. so far, I mean, I'm I'm only maybe yeah, a, an sweetness. eighth of a way through the cigar. It pairs excellent so far yeah, with the cigar. Yeah. The sweetness I mean, of really the, nice of the boom sauce goes really well with the sweetness of the cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got like this really creamy woodiness to it. And then the Corojo gives you that, that, that little yeah. bit of spice on the tongue. It's right the, there. Yep, mm-hmm. It's right there. It's beautiful. And it's just, it's really good. It's, it's a, right there. Interesting the, it's match. It's right there. It's like, boom. It's right there. Boom. So it's a really interesting match because you would think a double IPA would be so much heavy. It would be right. so bitter. It would be just. Too much and with for the name, the like bone sauce, you know. Right, and, and you know, would... this is really balanced. Yeah, I love Corojo. Like the, it's just the right amount of spice and like the astringent mm. nature, yep. and the hops go well with that. Yeah, and uh, whereas mm. this is call, bro. <laughs> yeah, baby, this isn't uh, like super grassy. What I associate with the the limited exposure I've had with with yeah. Candela, mm-hmm. like there is a um, what I associate with a, a sweetness like like bread like wheat yeah like that's what i think like it's not sweet sweet but it's not um overly grassy or right. hay like there's something yeah. there that's that's really satisfying and that's because the uh, the candela is is a uh is, is a honduran sumatran right? i believe so yes yeah um, we were talking about that earlier that's yeah I, I beautiful idea traditional yeah. candela used to be made based off of a connecticut leaf mm-hmm. and um Julio Aroa wanted to up that a little bit. He wanted to get away from some of those really high, grassy, mm-hmm. hay kind of notes that you would get from that particular No, you uh, got like the sweet wood. It's just and go with the Sumatra, which had which had more of a oomph to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he did a great, he, he did a, made a great choice here. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, like... With the combination of the Honduran tobacco that's in there, you get that from the Horn- Honduran tobacco, the Corojo tobacco, usually you're going to get that woody, sweet earth with mm-hmm. the spice, almost a buttery, creamy finish. Mm-hmm. And that combined with the Candela is just just magic. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. just, and then because it's they're using a Sumatra seed, there is a nice little sweetness to it. Where it combines with that Corojo tobacco, and it's just, it blends so well. You don't even know. If you're closing your eyes, you don't even know that you're smoking a Candela. Do we know if he if he made a specific blend for the wrapper, or if he used the same blend that he used for his Connecticut? It's the same It's the same blend that's on the, uh, it's the same binder and filler that's used on the original Aladino cigar. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's yeah. nice. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. What a difference! I like Just what the they did with makes. the band. Kind of like, kind of like you know, the Maduro um, cigar is it's the same binder filler as mm-hmm. the original, but it's a box pressed, and then B has the Mexican San Andreas on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I tell you, at the end of the tour, you w- and they they broke it up, so it took a couple of days to do it. But at the end of the tour, we were with. Um, Husto and Julio Aroa, and they broke these out and gave them to us. And we're like, "What do you think?" And all of us were really just kind of blown away with how 
good this was. I know. When you came you back know? and talked about it, I, this was the, the cigar I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had other good Candela cigars. My favorite being the uh, Roma Craft Fomorian. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is a, you know, kind of a once a year release for them. Uh, if they can find the Candela that they like for that. Um, I like this better. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's got that kind of candela flavor to it but it's ramped up and it has cut out a lot of the things that most people don't, don't like yeah. about the candela yeah so you've you've you know you know if you if you like watch I, i'm a big colombo fan mm-hmm. and not that i was you know it was already over by the time well that's not entirely true he did colombo and, and peter falk did colombo well into the 80s almost the 90s right mm-hmm. but if you wa- if you watch the, the episodes all the cigars he smokes are green are they yeah they're all candela they're all candela cigars that's interesting um everybody you know um uh, uh jfk you know candela cigars mm-hmm. you can't tell because most of the Stuff photos black are black and white, and white. And white. Yep. but they're candela cigars that's what he was smoking and so this was this was the thing, and then it just kind of fell out of favor. And wouldn't you know, Julio was one of the people who taught him about cigars and rolling. Was the guy who brought Candela to the United States. Really. And so he's really wanting to bring it back. So this is this small introduction is kind of like a a test a test market launch of this cigar. And if it does really well, they're gonna they're gonna. Uh, uh, make it more widely available, and then eventually it'll come in other sizes as well. What kind of flavors are you getting off the cigar here? Getting that spice, mm-hmm. nice and a little white pepper. I'm getting just nice supple, buttery flavor in there. Supple, supple. Yeah, I don't know why I said supple. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. It's going on the soundboard. Now. But um, <laughs> this really nice supple butter, buttery. Mm. It's just wild. spicy. There is obviously obviously because it's a green wrapper, but I mean like it's not overly bearing the, mm-hmm. the grassiness. It's kind of like the icing on the cake, and it's just almost and it's complementing the 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 boom sauce, boom sauce. Mm-hmm. and spice wood earth a little bit. Obviously, some grassy notes, but not too much. Not not where it's, it's going to be. It's more of like a hay than it is grass. You know what I mean? It's like a it's little bit. Even... But the the thing that's coming through too all is the sweetness. That's mm-hmm. that's obviously coming from the wrapper. There's a real sweet creaminess to this. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. It's really pleasant. And the wrapper is just so velvety. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's what I meant by like there. There's a wheat flavor to me, like mm-hmm. like a nice. Almost like a brown bread sort of thing with butter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you go to like some restaurants will serve you that warm brown ba- bread with butter. Like, I'm getting some of that. Yeah. And yep. more so than like grass or anything like that. The, I'm There's a vegetal note. That's what it. I was about to yeah, say. There's, there's a combination yeah. there that, that I don't know if they're separate. Like the spice and what I'm identifying as like uh, vegetable or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I it, To me, I think they're the same thing and it's mm-hmm. almost 
herbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, that's, that'd be a good word. I, I think they're coming too. from the same source. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really interesting. And I mean, I feel like saying something like herbal or vegetable, like implies that it's a strong part of the profile for me. It's not, it's present, mm-hmm. but more so the, the wheat bready. It's like the aftertaste of a vegetable trick. Trisket. Yeah, the like, aftertaste of a vegetable, vegetable trisket. Yeah, you know the like the, the, the <laughs> herbs and the. Are you high? It's got like the tomatoes and everything like baked into it and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a vegetable one. Are you high right now? No. Vegetable <laughs> trisket. Like to me, it's it's a um it's yeah, a subtle it you flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a smooth mm-hmm. presentation, but it's definitely there, and it's a it's a compliment. It's well balanced. Now, yeah. when a lot of times I think when you say there's a vegetal note in a cigar. The idea is that the tobacco is young. It's underdone. It's not, mm. it hasn't been cooked enough. Is That isn't what you guys are saying here. No. No. Like, I'm getting not a trace of, like, ammonia or things like right. that that you associate with an immature tobacco. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nothing immature tasting about this cigar. No. Mm-mm. It's very mature. Yeah. <laughs> it's very mature. Uh, okay. There's well, a very savory character. This yeah. is. It's very savory, and it's just you just want to keep smoking this more and more and more. That is very true, dude. I I can't I I, I can't wait for my next draw. Yeah. on mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah, it's 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 and a boom sauce. It's just a, such a great refresher for it too. Yeah, yeah. it like I'm, resets the palate, dude. It's beautiful, Nick. I I was like not. I was. I was not because we were back and forth for there. a little bit. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was let's thinking do it. too. I was thinking too earlier. I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't yeah. do the boom sauce. Maybe we should do like a whiskey or some like, other drink. Like Cass said, you know, IPAs are not my thing. And so I'm like, ah, boom sauce, oh. really? And it's a double IPA. And it's a double IPA. Yeah, I would never but guess this, that. But this is really, A, I agree with Kaz. It, it's very drinkable. For somebody who do, it, that's yeah, not it my does wheelhouse, not like, yep. it's yeah. really I can drink it and enjoy it. Yeah. And then the hops are at an enjoyable level and they're Correct, not yeah. like super piney or evergreen, like, mm-hmm. or that astringent quality yeah. you get with some IPA. Yep. Like, I would never guess that's a double IPA. Right. Mm-hmm. There, But I am getting like strong citrus, citrus. notes from it. Bingo. Yeah. That complement yeah. this cigar perfectly. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's like a, it's like almost like a grapefruity kind of citrus. Grapefruit almost, or yeah. orange peel, like mm-hmm. that sort yep. of like. Bitter, but in a pleasant and not overbearing way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I like it. Yep. I like it. Yep. Wow. First time back, I get a winner. Mm, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Kaz, your, you know, work at Loud DC really focuses around pipes and pipe tobacco. So, But you're a cigar guy, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, are is this kind of a refreshing thing for you to talk about something other than pipes and tobacco? Well, I mean... I'm still talking about tobacco. It's just uh, rolled instead of <laughs> chopped. But um, no, absolutely. So I, I tell people who, you know, I interact with a lot of people on the road and, and visiting shops and talking on the phone. Yes, I know. And um, <laughs> I, um, people, I think sometimes, and it's becoming less so, but it's still very present, thinking that it's either pipes or cigars. Yes. And I tell people no, like they're they're very different experiences, mm-hmm. they're different cravings, they're different they're you enjoy different things about them. It's like sometimes you want ice cream and sometimes you want a steak. Yeah. Like not saying one sweet and one savory, but like they're very different sensory experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want a steak, like a bowl of ice cream's not gonna yep. cut it. 
I describe uh, it like wine and whiskey. That's a gr- sometimes that's a better analogy. Wine, actually, sometimes you want whiskey. That's that's actually better. Yep. But so I tell people I smoke my pipe every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a cigar frequently throughout the week. Some weeks I'll have one a day. Some I'll have like three cigars a week. Mm-hmm. It, it just depends on what I'm doing and, and things like that. Depends on how many 724s you have in your. Community. That's that's very true. That's very true. Um, I'm Cass running low is a big on 724 fan. Yeah, I need to get more factory 57s and hustlers. Mm-hmm. 57s, um, man, that's been my jam. Yeah, mm-hmm. jam. But um, age them with bourbon, they taste like blueberries. It's insane. Let's try that. Get out. <laughs> Just leave right now. Um, <laughs> did you not know? No, because I don't. I don't. We do have that. we have them. We have them downstairs in the dog walkers uh-huh. and the whiskey bottles. The yes. six pack. I and like to enjoy the, whiskey with my cigars, just not it's just, together. It doesn't matter what kind of bourbon it is, but for some reason, with the wrapper with the factory fifty sevens, after mm-hmm. they've been aged for just a little bit, even just a few weeks in a bottle, um, they the, they taste like fresh blueberries. It is a crazy chemistry that Kurt does, but you definitely got to try this one. This is blueberry crunch. Fascinating. Blueberry Fascinating. crunch? Blueberry crunch. What is that, a cereal? Yeah. I don't know. A cereal? Yeah. Is it a cereal? Cereal. cereal. <laughs> Oops, all crunch berries. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that was so, so good. But to, so for work, I'm, I'm selling pipes and pipe tobacco, and, that's, and I enjoy talking about it. I love talking about it. I love what I do. But it is a lot of fun to talk about cigars because that's not an opportunity I have a lot. Mm. Um, at least and you really in my vocation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like I could talk about cigars just as much. It's just not something that um, I'm in a position to do a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's <clears throat> it's been a while since you've been on the show, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you're here because we had our uh, annual um, Peterson event, which we do every year around St. Patrick's Day, and this year we kind of copied last year's event uh continued continued Continued. that's that's a better word for it season two the pd blinders a takeoff of the peaky blinders theme and uh we invited everybody to dress pd blinders and uh um, there were awards for given for the best flat cap best dressed most green um and that was a really fun event you want to talk about it oh yeah we had a great turnout so this was my third this this month is my third anniversary of of traveling up to twins and Mm -hmm. and, uh managing your account with with alteezy and it's Mm -hmm. always a pleasure to come up this was the second year in a row that we did a uh, peaky blinders themed and did the pd blinders Mm -hmm. and uh i mean there's always such a great turnout with the pipe club Mm. um it's it's easily one of the most engaged with and and enthusiastic like club member bases i've seen Mm. within a, a brick and mortar account it's always good fun but yeah, everybody came in, in with costume, either Peaky Blinders or, or wearing a lot of green, trying to, right. to win these prizes. We had Tequila Talia <laughs> bringing some phenomenal whiskeys oh that, gosh, that were paired that with tobaccos, amazing. and uh, one of which we'll be talking about tonight, mm-hmm. uh, tobaccos. Nice. And um, what was really awesome is that this was the first time ever you had two full tables set up yeah. for, for the club and for guests. And it's the first time I've ever seen 
a situation where there wasn't enough seating that an entire wow. like third table had to be brought up. Really? And yeah, like, it was packed. It wow. was absolutely I had to bring packed up, out. I had to bring up a third eight foot table. Damn. And there wasn't an open seat. Yeah. There were still people standing. That's a good turnout. Know, That's yeah. a good turnout. It, it was, was amazing. It was crazy. I think it was one of our best attended events. Oh, no doubt. Like I've probably done six to eight events for you guys over the last three mm-hmm. years. And I've, it was the best attended of the ones I've done and they've mm-hmm. always been well attended. Right. So it's really exciting. I love coming up here. Um, the guys were enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. They, they seem to have a really good time. We had some, uh, we had a pretty good selection, especially of rare or more higher end Petersons this year. Right. Um, and like I said, uh, Talia's, uh, she brought some red breast uh, cask strength, which was my personal favorite. Yeah. Mm. Uh, James- it was everybody's personal no, favorite. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, the Jameson. Jameson Black Barrel. Black Barrel and Jameson's. Stout casks. Uh, stout cask. Stout cask. Yep. Which was uh, aged in a, a stout cask, like an Irish yep. stout. Yeah. Like, yep. And they were all great, but the red breast stole the show. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When you have a 116.3 proof Ooh. whiskey that you Tastes can like drink butter. straight and it's like just, it's got, you know, it's got the oomph, you know, from being a cast strength, but it's so smooth. You would never guess it was cast strength. You, you would if never told guess you. it was a cast strength. You, you would you, guess Man, it's higher matter. proof, but you would never guess it was a cast strength. Ooh. And it was awesome. Mm. And she dressed up too. That was great. Mm-hmm. She was she was awesome, all dolled up and everything. And uh, we're grateful to that. Um, but what what an event that was! That was great. We still have some of the pipes there. They'll be on the floor. What's left, uh, which is still a decent selection, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, for another week, uh, maybe a little bit more, but at least uh, through the end of the week. And then um, we have another couple of events that I'll talk about coming up here at Twins. Um, next week, March 23rd and 24th, we're doing a McAuliffe Cut and Light uh, with Mike, who's the uh, um, McAuliffe rep for New England. He'll be at the Hooksit store Thursday, March 23rd from 2 to 5. And then here at Londonderry, uh, March 24th, Friday from 4 to 7. And uh, he'll be doing a cut and light event, special deals on the Calif cigars. Um, that's going to be awesome. And then um, uh, next month, April, can you believe it's already? You wouldn't think that it's we're almost a quarter it. of the way through the year already. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. you wouldn't think Bam. that it's March, the end of almost the end of March. Mm-hmm. You look outside, we have like four feet of snow out there. <laughs> Crazy, you would think yeah. it would be December. My first ever snowstorm. That's been an experience. Yeah, oh, yeah. we will have to talk about that in just a second. But um, April fourteenth, uh, Glenn Case is going to be here. We're doing an event called uh, Making the Case with Glenn, and um, we're going to be setting up. Uh, the downstairs retail, making it into a like, kind of like a little uh, uh, smoking lounge and bar. We're calling it the Case Cantina. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, like um, a speakeasy maybe? Yeah, kind of like a speakeasy setup. And the deal is, you know, for everybody, one of the reasons Glenn's coming is that Christoph has made a 25th anniversary cigar for us. We've had that on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, great cigar. 
great reviews. It's been very well received. Um, it's a 10 count box. Um, it's like 109 bucks for the 10, 10 count box of cigars. But you buy that, buy a box, and you're going to get to go into the, the speakeasy with Glenn, and you're going to get a, a, a special pairing of um, the um, Old Forester 100 proof single barrel select that's only available here at Twins with a Cameroon Lancero that they make that's only available in Europe. Wow. And so you're going to get that pairing. You're going to get to hear Glenn's story, and um, he's going to have a Q&A talk, and that's exclusive to people who get those um, uh, buy a box of the cigar. So it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a small group, maybe 20 people. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really good time. And that's, uh, uh, Friday, April 14th, right before tax day. Yay. You know, it's my, my birthday. That's your birthday. April 15th is my birthday. April 15th yeah. is your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's we'll my birthday. To, yeah. There you go. We're going to have to do some special time with Glenn. Glenn's an awesome dude. He mm -hmm. is. He's such a great Wicked guy. Wicked humble. Great guy. The great white gringo of the cigar world. Hi, Dave. Yep, cigar, cigar God Dave just walked in. Cigar God Dave is yep. in the house. Yep, the beard. <laughs> his beard's wider than his head. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep, yep. But um, it it has been snowing here today. It has been a it has been a very slow day here in Londonderry. But believe it or not there's there's 14 or 15 people in here right now mm -hmm. yep um it's it's amazing how many people just come out you know well it finally stopped snowing but i mean it's been snowing all day mm -hmm. and coming down in just yeah inches an hour yes it's crazy, crazy. It and I've, yeah. I've coming from the south i've never experienced snow like this it's really kind of wild. yeah no no we don't oh, get snow wow. like this oh we get snow like <laughs> four or five times a year like this yeah. if we're lucky i mean a, a heavy snow for us is like two three inches oh boy and uh we're lucky if it even sticks oh my but um yeah this is uh this was wild. It's really beautiful to look at. Uh, yeah. But it's then the first you tried time. driving in it. Then you tried cleaning <laughs> off the car in it. Driving in it was not as stressful. I mean, my hotel is, honestly, it's walking distance. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, not in this kind of snow, but in normal, <laughs> uh, civilized it took conditions. It 20 minutes to get here. <laughs> so, like, I walk out of the hotel and have to, like, dig the car out. Like, it's completely buried not realizing the snow's coming down in droves that hey while you're doing this snow is accumulating on you yeah. so yep. i get in the car and hat. drive just <laughs> just down the road you can't mess up that perfect hair running the that. heat oh no it, it happened it <laughs> happened running the the defrost and by the time i pulled up at twins all of the snow that accumulated in my hair unawares to me melted and it looked like i'd been in a dunking booth and i'm like oh damn, I've got to do the podcast tonight. So I turned around, went back to the hotel room <laughs> and made myself not look like a drunk, uh, a drowned, drowned rat. rat. But no, I, like I'd never experienced such in my life. It, it's fun though. It's an experience. Um, but then again, I, you guys, this is, this is life. Yeah. So, yep. It's life for us. Yeah. It's, I was not equipped. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, my mom didn't call me three, four times a day asking, 
have you closed yet? It's really <laughs> snowing out there. No, Mom, we're staying open. Believe it or not, there's people here, you know. Yeah, um, they came in. Kurt told us if we left not to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> yep. You so, know, Danny. Yes. In Danny boy. total Nick fashion, I finished the boom sauce. Oh, of course you did. Of course I did. And I started drinking. I had forgotten red, about this. I uh, started drinking the red breast. Yeah. And oh my. Does it go well with the cigar too? It it does. There is a very heavy burnt caramel mm-hmm. taste to that mm-hmm. that goes really, really well with the cigar. <laughs> I mean, really, really well. I mean, like it's shockingly well. Like it, it's just great, man. I mean, like it's it's bringing a little bit i gotta smoke it a little bit more and maybe i can get a another i'm trying to sip on it so i can save it for the pipe but i mean like it's bringing another savory note in there like more sweetness is coming out of the cigar i'm tasting less of the the little bit of grassy note and more of the sweetness that's coming through so it's accentuating another part of the the flavor profile of the cigar so whereas the citrus and the the slight astringent nature of the ipas bringing out those grassy vegetal notes mm-hmm. um are you saying the the red breast is bringing out more of that uh inherent grainy sweetness yes sir i am i'm gonna have to try that hold on oh red breast is just so good mm. yep yep we could have done the same drink for both. I mean, like... Oh, that's perfect. I mean, like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Like that with the... It's a totally, almost a totally different cigar in that aspect. Mm. But it's like yin and yang of the cigar. Like, yes. that's the oh, wow. right there. Yeah, that yeah. is really amazing. Right? Oh, I want to swear so bad. <laughs> but I'm going to hold back, Dave. New Gosh leaf. darn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say that, but, man... Holy moly. I'll, I'll say it that <laughs> way. I love that. That's a really good pairing. <laughs> right? Oh, Snickers. That's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Oh, my goodness. It's a thin cigar, but it makes it present in a equally intense way. Just... Yeah. You're like getting a different a different side of the cigar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the double IP, with the boom sauce, mm-hmm. you're getting more of that floral, mm-hmm. more of that citrus note in there with the, with the sweetness. Brings... And then with the heavier alcohol... With the red breast, you're getting more of that sweetness. It's more prominent. Yeah. Getting more wood notes. Too. Yeah. Woo! God <laughs> damn. Mm. <laughs> Shit, I love this show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> welcome yes. back, Nick. Oh, thank welcome you, back, Nick O.T. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, we can do the welcome back kind of song. I'm going to have to call good. the bartender and give me a refill me up, yeah. <laughs> and forgotten about this part of having Nick on the show. Yeah, I drink. Uh, <laughs> I drink. Uh, no drink to drink. I drink. No amount uh, of alcohol is enough. Well, there is. <laughs> there is. There is a limit, but at the bottom know. of the bottle. No. Just have it down the <laughs> That's the limit. No. <laughs> it's like the Mariana Trench. There is a bottom. There is. Nobody has seen it. Not. Not in a while. Not in a while. 
interesting. Not even the fish has seen it. You're not even going to. <laughs> James Cameron can't even get to it. This is this is a fantastic cigar. It is. Um, believe it or not, we're already, we're already like ready to go to the next half of the show. Oh. Um, what do you guys think of this? I I was I, I think this is going to fly off. I hope shows. so. I hope this flies because this is just something that you know. I think, and we had Jay from from Hookset come in earlier and drop off some stock and stuff like that. <laughs> And I asked him about this cigar, and he did not give me the greatest review or the review that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. He said that it wasn't his jam. And I, look, everybody has their own profiles and their own palates and their own likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think this cigar is one, is great for a beginner, mm-hmm. somebody that's coming in that's looking for a Connecticut or something that's on the lighter end. Because mm-hmm. this is a cigar that's non—it's not intimidating. Or like with the if someone asks for a sweeter tobacco, you know, I, I'd probably go that route. Yeah, so it, it's it's non-intimidating. Not, like, not it's approachable. Right, it's a very approachable. It's a very approachable cigar. Right, it's unbelievable price point at what Danny eight fifty. Eight fifty is it, yeah. It's an unbelievable affordable price, it, but for a, somebody that hit, comes in all the time that is a seasoned cigar smoker. I mean, I can turn this on to them, and and they will thoroughly enjoy. It. You're gonna get some really nice, complex flavors out of it. Yeah, granted, it's not gonna blow your socks off with your shoes still on, but I mean, it's it's a damn good cigar. Well, it, so like to what you're saying, like I hear that a lot with pipe tobacco. I hear a lot of that with cigars. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you want to go and sit down and like if if you're going for a meal, sometimes you want really spicy Thai curry mm-hmm. or really spicy like uh jamaican food or indian food something like that but you can't eat that every day sometimes right. you want yeah. bacon and eggs or you want something that's a yeah. comfort thing that not everything Some has shepherd's to, pie yes not everything has to be a bomb true right and like so Boom-saws. when a cigar isn't like a bomb like a like a really like heavy Maduro right. or, or something like that. And Maduros typically don't have a lot of, of, of nicotine because like that fermentation, but they're, Correct. they're flavor bombs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean it's not a good cigar. Right. Like it, there, there's room for all these points in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I think people fall into that too much. It's like, Oh, it doesn't hit me over the head with flavor or right. spice. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a good cigar. No. Like maybe you're burning out your palate. Like you need to have that, yeah. that variety. Sometimes you just want a good, comfortable, solid, well-made cigar. Yes. And this to me is like an all-day smoke. Oh, like, this is, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, like when Jay told me that, I was like, "What?" I was like, "How?" It the the cigar is is so good. And, yeah, so you know what I mean. He went in into three of them. He went into he went into you know having it you know it was grassy forward and i'm like oh man it, it hurt my feelings it got me right in the heart mm-hmm. because i i smoked this earlier i'm smoking it now and i mean it's such a it's such a a great cigar for somebody that makes again, me wonder if he actually had like a real candela first well i'm pretty sure you know? he has but i mean like the cigar is so complex mm-hmm. it it produces so much flavor I mean, like, it can easily get this into somebody that is just coming in, says that, okay, well, I'm a new new smoker. I just want to go up and have a beer. And 
I can fit this in their hand, no problem, sell it all day. Yeah. For the person that comes in that has a more complex palate, that is a seasoned smoker, is a cigar aficionado, as we like to say in, mm -hmm. in the, in the shop. Smoke some red breasts. Yeah. You can smoke it with some red breasts. You can have a boom sauce. But, I mean, like, this is, I think the best of both worlds in that aspect because you're going to get both in a in a in a in a retail perspective mm -hmm. this is a double seller for me yeah there's a there's there's enough going on that a a more seasoned smoker who likes something mm -hmm. that's typically has more body to it mm -hmm. they're going to appreciate this it's a good change of pace but it, it's not boring no but right. it's it's gotten where what it lacks in in those booming flavors, it more than makes up for in complexity and Absolutely. subtlety, and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not one note. No. no. Yeah. No. And then with each drink, if you're just a bourbon drinker, you're gonna get more of the sweeter, earthier, mm -hmm. woodier notes with mm -hmm. some spice. Um, and then if you're more of a beer drinker, or IPA drinker, that's gonna bring out more of the floral, more of the subtle sweetness with some spice. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a crazy cigar. So we're drinking of, this with a red breast being an Irish whiskey. Like it definitely brings up what you said, the burnt caramel and stuff. Yeah. I wonder what the vanilla tones that I associate so strongly with bourbon mm. would do to this cigar. I think it would work well depending on the bourbon. Yeah. But like it would bring out, I think, even more of that sweet nature. Yeah. But be not the darker tones we're getting from the Irish whiskey. Right. Right. It'd be really interesting to see how this right. works with various different uh, different spirits. Kaz is bringing a whole new whole new dimension to this to this game here. I'm the warlock. That's the interdimensional being. He's the warlock. It's spoken. That's it. Come to the dark side. Mm. <laughs> I'm already there, baby. I'm already there. All right. So now we are moving on to our. If that's our pick for St. Patrick's Day for a cigar, our pick for St. Patrick's Day, which really was picked by Kaz, Ooh. and a great pick as far as I'm concerned, is Gawith Hogarth's Brown Irish X. Ooh. Uh, this is a, a very, Indeed. very special tobacco. Yeah. I've got it kind of cut up here. This is what we use to um, <laughs> fill the pipes with there. But I brought this up. This this is how it comes. Sausage rope. Rope. It is. Do you have a, that stick? Mm, rope tobacco. Yeah. This is perfect for a warlock. You can wrap it around your neck. People think you have a snake, oh but it's really pipe tobacco. Did you take Kendra and, down? Um, very very good stuff. So Sausage you want to talk? Rope. You want to talk a little <laughs> bit about this particular style of, you know, a twist. Or yes. rope and talk about maybe how it's made, why it's made. Absolutely. All, that whole line of things. Because I will, I will just try not see to, this stuff around. Yeah. I will try not to be so nerdy that that I lack the entertainment side of things. Ooh. I'm a tobacco nerd. I can talk White about nerdy. The, 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 <laughs> White nerdy. <laughs> the, the aspects of Why pipe tobacco to the point that it, it's 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 dry because it's stuff that only like tobacco nerds would appreciate. But I think I think the story behind rope tobacco and the style of tobacco it feeds into is really interesting. So rope tobacco was originally <clears throat> developed during trans or during the time the transatlantic voyages from what is now the UK to the colonies in, in uh, the Americas could take anywhere from three to four months. Mm -hmm. So you had to pack a lot of tobacco and you had to, 
I mean, everybody smoked. And a lot of ale. And it, you had to prevent it from drying out somehow. And the first way that that was developed was taking rope, or taking tobacco leaves, and twisting it into a rope, which is a, a pretty straightforward process. I've, I've dabbled with it myself. It's a lot of fun. But it is labor-intensive because it's done by hand. Right. Um, and that holds moisture incredibly well. Um, and so, yes. yes. So that was something that was developed, and then later uh, from that developed what what's known as plugs, and then later navy flakes, which is so just, ropes were first. Yes, absolutely. Um, mm. They they survived, so they're still made the way they were made centuries ago. These are like colonial era tobaccos before a lot of. Um, the the hybrid varieties were developed and pipe tobacco today is a lot milder and a lot smoother and not nearly as high in nicotine as the original strains that's not true with twist or rope tobacco it is still very much uh potent stuff it'll put hair on your tongue is, so <laughs> is, the, is the proper word for it twist or rope or is, are they both they're interchangeable they're interchangeable so um, it's, it's proper to say either yes yeah, so uh they're known colloquially as ropes because mm -hmm. they they're quite literally a rope. colloquially but um, the, the manufacturers <laughs> refer them as twist because once you, you roll them, and mm -hmm. the, the initial part of manufacturing is not too dissimilar from rolling cigars, actually. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, um, a filler, a binder, and a wrapper, mm -hmm. uh, but it, you just keep the process going until you have this long rope. And then once that's made, they are literally twisted, and which is why they coil up the way they do. Okay. And then they are baked or stoved for a number of hours, depending on the the product they're trying to make. So most people who smoke them are familiar with the black ropes, which are cooked longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but today we're smoking the brown Irish X, which is my personal favorite of the ropes or, or twists. But they're very high in nicotine, and you know once you know they were made for for sailors. Let me let me light up. Dan's, Dan's shaking. <laughs> Weak. Well, Danny. No, I'm fine. I'm this, fine. Just... this, <laughs> this is a lot better than I remember. Yeah. Because I remember when Paul, mm -hmm. love you, Paul. If you're watching, Paul, I miss you. Pablo and I love Maduro. You. Pablo Maduro. If you are watching, I love you and I miss you dearly. It's um, fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's transcendent. Oh, you're going to bring a tear to my eye now. Stop doing that. Um, but, yeah, I remember when we had it on with Paul, and it was okay. It didn't have this much of, of a deep flavor. It It's like a almost having burnt ends almost mm -hmm. like well, very we also, also very savory this one was also dried for like three days right <laughs> i and try you're, to you're speaking to the point they hold moisture incredibly well so if you're three I months mean, at sea you're good i mean like danny cut some of this earlier and i was like oh okay i'll uh i'll throw it in my pipe and try to try to smoke it and it wouldn't smoke mm -hmm. i mean like i lit it like 10 times and i barely got anything out of it so i was like you know what I'll just wait until the show. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy that I wait to the show because, I mean, like, this stuff, yeah. it's very also full body, mm. got this nice, deep, almost rich, burnt, meaty There's a meaty, of, yeah. Yeah. And there's meat, there's wood. Yeah. So it's a combination of really dark air-cured and really dark fire-cured tobacco mm -hmm. um, That that's very stout with nicotine and flavor. But it survived to this day because... 
Britain had a very robust domestic uh, coal mining industry for mm -hmm. forever. Well, you can't smoke in the mines, and this is when everybody <laughs> smoked. Why not? Try it. <laughs> Gonna. Um, find, find a gas pocket and see what happens. But um, mm. so it, it was a, it was inexpensive. It could be purchased in bulk, meaning you could go into your local tobacconist and say, give me so many ounces, and they'd weigh it, cut it out. It was it prepackaged, that sort of thing. But they would chew it. They would, they would cut coins off and chew it in the mines, and then in the evenings when they got home, they would cut coins off, break them up, and smoke it in their pipes. So oh it was a dual, they didn't have to have two different products. They, this right. was an all-purpose tobacco. We had a customer that did that one time. And it didn't work out well for him. No, because these are this isn't this isn't the skull or Copenhagen that you buy ah. at the gas station. This is this is a man's tobacco. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> he found out he found out <laughs> real did, quick about those that. Those men are long gone. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the, the types of and when I say man's tobacco, these are type men that don't exist anymore. Yeah, like this is this is tough. But um, mm. anyway, it it's. They have survived because they're literally like you go and you can buy a pipe tobacco from a store and there's going to be five or six, sometimes dozens of blends that aren't the same, but are in the similar vein. Yeah. That's not true for rope tobacco twist. They are, they are in a class on their own. They're unique. And, uh, that brings me to the, stop me if I'm jumping ahead mm -hmm. of what you, what you were thinking, Dan, but this feeds into a style of tobacco that I find with each passing year is more and more forgotten. Mm -hmm. People talk about English pipe tobaccos, aromatics, Burleys, Virginias, all these different subsets of, of uh, tobacco styles. <clears throat> and nobody talks about Irish tobacco anymore, which is why this is called Brown, Brown Irish, Irish X. X. Yeah, that's so, one of my questions is what it makes this Irish. Okay, so there are two things about it that make it Irish. Um, I'll start with uh, Gawith Hogarth. Like They have named it such because they make three gauges of rope two of which are exported to the u.s market um they make what they call pigtails mm -hmm. which are very very thin um ropes okay they make bogies which are like medium thickness mm -hmm. and then they make irish the irish are the thickest gauge they're roughly the size of about an american nickel yep what, what you have there yep uh, maybe a little larger and that was the gauge that was smoked and enjoyed to a great extent in Ireland because they made themselves... The, the thinner gauges were used more for chewing, but the thicker gauges were could be equally useful in a pipe or if you wanted to chew. Ireland up until quite... Um, in the few, last few decades was with the effects of you know several political things that i won't get into but they were developing their independence like everyone knows about you know the the partition that happened in the earlier part of the 20th century so right. you it was a largely an agricultural or industrial country so the fact that it was so economical mm -hmm. made it very popular and it was also a very stout tobacco so you got a lot of bang for your buck mm -hmm. Um, and that leads me to, you know, they were exporting a lot to Ireland, um, Irish tobaccos, which I find is its own style that it's, it's largely forgotten. The Irish preferred very stout, very hearty, very robust tobaccos. The few that remain that would be in the Irish style are of course the twists. 
You have Dark Flake, Dark Plug from God with Hogarth, which are quintessential Irish tobaccos. Um, and then you have some from other manufacturers that have survived still, like um, under the Peterson brand, you have like uh, three, three P's. P's. And yeah, that's Irish, a good one. Yes, and Irish Flake. Um, you don't see them in the U.S. I'm not even sure if they're still produced anymore, but um, like Yachtsman Plug. Mm. Very, very stout, hearty. So anything that, that's predominantly based in really dark colonial era, era um, air-cured, fire-cured tobaccos, plug and twist, which made them very portable because there was less manufacturing involved because they were just pressed and cut. You didn't mm -hmm. have to do flakes, ready rubs, ribbons, things like that, mm -hmm. um, is, is quintessential traditional Irish pipe tobacco. So because there's less awareness of that old style of tobacco and it's largely incorporated under the English style of tobacco right. because I mean the the British Isles that that part like there's a lot of shared culture culture both in cuisine as well as tobacco mm -hmm. it gets looped in there but it's um there is a a big difference between the two mm -hmm. and I think anybody who especially mm -hmm. with St. Patrick's Day if you're looking for something that um that is quintessentially Irish in your pipe. Uh, a rope or a really hearty twist uh, plug would be excellent. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you have um, a really hearty meal beforehand because these these tobaccos are not. They don't pull any punches. No, no, they do not. Not the faint of heart. No. Mm -hmm. Now, what's in this tobacco? So Irish. it is <laughs> really. <laughs> Lots of potatoes. Mm. Lots of potatoes, yeah. No, there's no potatoes. Cabbage. No, no, no potatoes because there no potatoes to spare. But <laughs> um, so they don't disclose. I so, thought it was just all Virginia. Well, see, that that's that's what people, that's, yes. But most people don't understand that there are two meanings to that word. What we call Virginia today didn't exist before roughly 1860. Um, what we call Virginia tobacco today is synonymous with flu cured. So tobaccos that are cured in a closed barn with indirect heat mm -hmm. uh, to preserve sugar. They're milder. They're much sweeter because sugar, like air curing, makes sugar degrade and therefore it's not as sweet. Think burly or cigar tobacco. Like mm -hmm. there's sweetness there, but it's not like Virginia sweetness where there is a lot of sugar present. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, but the term Virginia tobacco existed far before the advent of flu curing, which was in itself discovered as a, an accident. Mm -hmm. um, Oops, I put it in the flu. But uh, the term Virginia tobacco was a very particular style of tobacco that was actually developed by John Roth, who... So is, it was a style, not an actual, like, leaf? It's a... St so... There are two. There are actually only two types of tobacco in the world. Mm -hmm. There's Light and dark, right? Nicotania rustica, which is what the Native Americans smoke, which is the only commercial usage today is in snus. Snus. Uh, snus. What's snus? It's like a snuff. Uh, what? It, it's like if you buy the little pouches. Yeah. That that are tucked in under like Swede. It's really oh. popular in Sweden and such. Okay. Uh, all tobacco, whether it's cigars, pipes what have you that is used today is Nicotania uh, tobacco, mm -hmm. which is domesticated tobacco, which all came from John Rolfe. So John Rolfe, he's most famous for marrying Pocahontas. Okay. Yeah. Ah. But he was in Jamestown at Jamestown. And he, as uh, 
he he traded and in the colonies anyway he picked up seeds tobacco seeds from trinidad and the orinoco river valley took them back to jamestown and instead of using the local natives form of curing their tobacco he took tobacco from trinidad and used the spanish style of curing tobacco and this hybrid together created what he called orinoco tobacco but that didn't last long. The English called it Virginia tobacco. Okay. And that was what was known as Virginia tobacco up until the advent of flu curing. Mm -hmm. But all tobacco that's used today comes from that. Like that's, that's what spurred it on. It's basically domesticated tobacco. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it, it starts out as that, which is air cured because flu curing had not been developed yet. Right. And then there is some fire cured in there, which is the same tobacco, but it goes through a curing, but instead of flu curing, which is indirect heat. Mm -hmm. It's direct heat, so there's a smoky element there. Okay. And that's some of that what you're getting, the, the burnt ends, the, the mesquite notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. If this, I may, I'm 90% sure I'm remembering this correctly, but if I'm not, um, someone correct me. Okay. <laughs> but the, the fire-cured <laughs> aspect of it is the wrapper. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is, is air-cured. Oh. Uh, to make it not a complete powerhouse... It does go, like I said earlier, it's basically baked in a kiln. They take these coins, they coat them in, um, in an coins. oil. Hmm? They take coins. Coins. Did I say coins? You said coins. Sorry, they take coils. 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 I thought coils. I said coil. They take the coils of, cut the, off. of the twists <laughs> <laughs> and they put them in the, essentially a large oven or a mm -hmm. kiln coated with oil, uh, food safe oil, so they don't singe. And they're baked for an extended period of time to mellow and, and bind the flavors. So what you're smoking now that is just so robust and heavy, that's actually a mellowed product. Really? Uh, yes. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. We're talking tobacco that was smoked Ooh. by this, like the same style of tobacco that was smoked by people <laughs> three, four hundred years ago. Like it's, it's insane. This is probably one of the last mead. true tobaccos from that era that still exists. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we're smoking a piece of history. Absolutely. Definitely. Oh. Ooh, Kurt. Kurt. Oh, Kurt. oh, oh smoking oh, a piece of history. history. Stay tuned next year for 724 twists. Oh, yeah. There <laughs> Is we that going to happen? Could oh, that happen? That, we should make that happen. Oh, I, I, that I happen? wish. I, history. Could. Come on now. Could. I mean, I, I don't want to get into it Jeremy's, since Pat's not here. Awesome. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll have to have that discussion with Pat. But he'll be able to explain the, the intricacies of, like, fired. FDA and, and regulatory issues, why new products are a trick, trickier with pipe tobaccos than they are cigars now. Mm -hmm. But Okay. Now, we've talked a lot about the tobacco. What do we think about the pairing? We are pairing this with Redbreast 12-year Irish whiskey. Irish on Irish. Irish on Irish. And my last Four name is Flanagan. Day. So, Flanagan, <laughs> why don't you start? Is this a good pairing? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I'm proud you have some left. I've been nursing it. I don't want to go right through it, but it'll I mean, bite you. Yeah. Take it slow. Always. I don't mean bite as far as like tongue bite, like that, that nicotine will sneak up on you. These are oh. deceptively, because they smoke oh, really know. smooth, right? They're it reversed is. in flavor, but it's smooth in, in smokeability. That's why Correct. I saved half my dinner for the second after the show. I bet you're supposed to eat it before mm -hmm. you smoke it. Well, I did, but you know. You need a full Irish breakfast before you smoke this. Mm 
complete with with black pudding. Black pudding. Black pudding. It's a favorite. I had it when I went to Ireland a few years What's ago. Black pudding. It is. Um, it's it's an is Irish it, style is blood. It black. It, yes, it's a blood sausage. Oh, but it's it's served for breakfast. They use it like in the U.S. We use sausage patties, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing. Mm. If you ever have the chance to try black pudding, like don't pass up on it. Mm. So with the pairing, mm. it's weird because I'll get I'll get that that caramel note mm-hmm. from the whiskey, and then when I smoke it, smoke it. It's weird because it kind of and it for me it enhances the the robustness of the tobacco. So I'll get more of that meaty. There is some. There is a nice little sweetness in there, but that more. It's just more of it. Oh, smoking the glass. Smoking the glass. Oh, you gotta smoke the glass. He's fancy. You know, he's wearing the he's wearing the three piece suit. Two piece. Two piece. I don't have a waistcoat on, Nick. He's a he's a fancy oh. man. He's a fancy man. You don't pay attention to me. I pay attention <laughs> to everything. Those gator shoes, everything. Get Are that, those gator? Get that burnt in. So you know, mesquite. I mean, into like the, into it, the whiskey. The, there. the whiskey just enhances the flavor of the tobacco. It's it's really really enjoyable. It's mm. really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. What do you think? Do you that? concur, sir? I I don't want to. I do concur. I I don't want to um to lay it on too thick, considering I. I chose the pairing, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I think um, I think Nick was spot on with with his um, characterization of it. Those those burnt caramel notes, those uh, the slight uh, what I associate with like raisins or, or sultans from uh, the Irish whiskey, like that isn't in the tobacco. Mm-hmm. But it contrasts with the tobacco, where I, I taste more of the the burnt ends, the wood, and mm-hmm. and that earthiness, and it also brings out that like natural dried fruit sweetness that I yeah. get from the whiskey. It's like they they don't clash; they make each other more of themselves. And if I may yeah. use a very southern metaphor, it's why we put just a little bit of salt on our watermelon, because I don't know if you've ever tried it. Who does that? Everybody in, in the south. south. Oh. Boy, I'm, try it. I am such a New Englander. Yeah, salt, salt your watermelon because it <laughs> sounds like it would clash, but it makes the watermelon sweeter. Like it brings out such a more intense fruit flavor. I'm going to go home and right? salt my watermelon. Have you ever tried? <laughs> <laughs> go home and salt my watermelon. Salt my watermelon. Like, have you ever tried like sea salt chocolate before? Salt like a sea watermelon. It's the same principle. Really? It's the same principle. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Now, salt my do you prefer, salt my you know, coarse salt, fine grain salt? So, like, salt? What, what salt? salt? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, dude. I mean, you, <laughs> just straight table salt. <laughs> okay. If you want to be a tried and true southerner, do mm-hmm. it from a salt shaker where you've put some grains of rice in there to absorb the excess humidity in oh, the atmosphere. Whoa. Because whoa. we live whoa. in a swamp. Snooty. Whoa, <laughs> so, like, you know they do that in Puerto Rico. Yeah, but, I mean, because the salt will clump. Yes. Like, you've got to put rice in the in the salt shaker. Otherwise, your salt's going to clump and won't come out of the shaker. Yeah. It's so, nice. Yeah. Whoa. Genius. We're we're very, like, multicultural here as far as, like, the last time I was here, I was talking about New Orleans with, with New Mike Orleans. from Rocky Patel. Uh, New Orleans. And you can New call it whatever Orleans. you want. Just don't call it New Orleans. I will New leave. Orleans. <laughs> oh, I'll, I will hold my comments to the end. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm. Now, you've seen us kind of relight this a number of times. Uh, it is not uncommon to have to relight ropes more often than other tobacco. And uh, this has been sitting out for about six hours. Oh, this isn't the stuff that I no. cut for the show? Is that gone? Nope. It's just this This was cut this afternoon in nice, you know, nice thin pieces. <clears throat> oh, whatever. Left, left yeah. out to, I mean, to like, air dry. You need a little moisture in tobacco to carry the flavor. Like, yeah. Like if you ever smoked a... A cigar that was too dry, like the flavor's gone. Mm -hmm. Like the the moisture in the smoke carries the the um yeah the oils in the tobacco. Mm -hmm. yeah. if, the, if the oils dry up, the flavor's gone. Yeah, so you need a little moisture. But so uh, these types of tobaccos, like once you you cook tobacco, it doesn't readily accept flame as well as uncooked tobacco. And a good example of that would be you ever smoked an English blend that's really high in Latakia, mm -hmm. or as you would know, a blend that's really high in Kentucky. Yeah. Like, cooking tobacco does make it less prone to take to flame, but it also makes it burn slower and richer. Right. And you have that here, um, which is also why on these wooden ships, like going back to my first ramble, mm -hmm. um, ramble, ramble, you couldn't ramble. smoke on the ramble, deck. Ramble, ramble. I mean, it's a wooden ship. They're usually they're coated with tar. You've got flax sails. Like, if an ember, like, you're at sea. There is no distress signal for help so you only smoked in the captain's quarters and the captain like designated your smoke breaks like okay you can go in and smoke okay you really can go in and, yes it yep. was only in the cabin because there was no wind to carry embers mm. and it was a con it was while still wood like it's it was treated yeah and it was it was a safer environment you didn't have gust of wind that would that would flare up embers and things like that to risk catching the ship on fire or the sails oh. Oh, wow. so because of that, you're, and another reason for that, these tobaccos are designed to hold moisture, so they require more relights, so you're mm -hmm. going to be utilizing fire more often. Right. So you need a, a indoor area to do this, and yeah. so everybody had a smoke break on the ships. had a lot of matches. Uh, they actually used coal back then because matches hadn't been invented. That's another reason. Like you had to, they made special tongs for these clay pipes, and you would take a coal or an ember out of the fireplace. Really? And set it on top until it lit, and then you'd put the coal back. Or Damn. you could use a little like wick, like rope, mm -hmm. and they would use that from the, the candles or the lamps. So it was even more dangerous in that time to light a pipe. Yeah. Or you can use one of those, uh, what are they, the, the cannon... Wicks there yeah. that they light the cannons and mm -hmm. just, instead of lighting. I mean, with the same general principle because like matches or lighters had not been invented yet. There you go. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm. Didn't know I was going to get apologies a for today. the uh, the multiple info dumps. There's just a lot of history and interesting <laughs> facts about these tobaccos, and um, like I said, I'm a complete nerd about them. So I'm hey. just gonna. No, I think I think it's great, and I love it. You know, we've, we've <laughs> had lighting. This is probably like the Flint and Stone. Just we've. <laughs> You know, it's so awesome. It's not uncommon for us to, you know, I try not to repeat stuff on the show, but there's only so much you can do, <laughs> you, can do you know. But, I mean, we've I, this is probably the third time we've had a rope on the show. I think it's the second or third time yeah, we've, we've had. Done, we've done black twice at least. Yeah. You know, and um, but it's so unique. And um, you're right. It's got such it's a so hit. It's got such a history to it, and and I know that not only is it an old form of tobacco, but and and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe, you know, over at God with Hogarth, they're still using the machines from the late 1700s. The only change that has happened to their equipment is in the... So the, the tobacco presses and things like that mm -hmm. are insured by the British government for as historical artifacts. Mm -hmm. They were purchased in the late 18th century, 1700s. And when they were purchased, they were purchased secondhand. Mm. Wow. Um, Samuel Gaywith brought them down from the Scottish Highlands on a horse-drawn buggy. Wow. So, like, that's, that's the only change that has happened to them is in the 60s or early 70s. I think it was the 60s. They had them re-outfitted. So when the, the, the heat presses and the, mm -hmm. the kilns are no longer powered by coal, <laughs> they are powered by natural gas. That is the only change that has happened to them. But yeah, like they're so the recipe is the same. The, the, the way that they're twisted is the same. The way that they're cooked is the same. Yes. The way that they're you know, prepared is exactly the And same. the fact that the varieties of tobaccos used in these are still around because it's really the only commercial usage for them is it is aberrant <clears throat> that these tobaccos are around <laughs> aberrant. today. Yes. Like like there's no it, it, it is and also like, and aberrant. Where where do these tobaccos for these ropes come from? That's a great question. Um mostly Africa. Um okay. what they would have once called if if you're a real tobacco nerd you will remember uh seeing ads or coming across ads for various blends that were produced in the uk which is either um going to be england scotland or northern ireland mm -hmm. in let's say the the 60s or 70s um they would refer to blends as uh empire blends mm -hmm. or made entirely with empire tobacco mm -hmm. and it's because the tobaccos were being grown in the british uh commonwealth African countries, uh, certain parts of Asia or India. Mm -hmm. um, so while the, the varieties, of course, like all tobacco originated in, in the Americas, mm -hmm. them being cultivated and grown in other parts of the empire, like parts of Africa, was not something that rose up, that came about in that time period, the mm -hmm. 60s or 70s. Like it was actually within short order after mm -hmm. uh, their discovery. But... Um, the, a lot of those same tobacco growing regions that were started by the British are still producing today. Mm. And like cigars, unlike other pipe tobacco blends that can tobacco can be picked by machine and processed because it's going to be cut into ribbons or pressed mm -hmm. into a plug, these require whole leaves mm -hmm. like cigars. So they have to be grown and cared for and picked and cured by hand mm -hmm. so the leaves mm -hmm. are not damaged because mm -hmm. you have to have whole filler you have mm -hmm. to have whole binder and you have to have whole wrapper that's wow. awesome yeah. that's awesome to know and after cutting up so much of it i can attest to that that it's, it's, it's whole leaf, leaf. It's whole leaf. Mm -hmm. and like you don't see that anymore in in pipe tobacco because there's no benefit to, to taking that extra pain because they're going to be cut into ribbons or flakes like it doesn't matter but by nature these have to be whole leaf mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that that only happens when you have independent farmers mm -hmm. picking leaves by hand yeah yeah all right crazy that's beautiful so that what's that's beautiful What's our final thoughts on the black Irish, on the brown Irish X and the uh, pairing here? It's not for the faint of heart, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Man, this stuff. is a this is a robust Whew. tobacco. Yeah, it is. Oh. But 
But if you are manly enough or manly, you'll chew it. Women enough, feminine enough, I guess. Some of the ladies that we have up in uh, the lounge do smoke pipe. We've uh, this one of Kendra's favorites the, was black Irish. Yeah, Kendra mm-hmm. smokes it. We got Brie, the Brie, mm-hmm. smoking it, and soon enough we'll have Elise smoking pipe as well. Yep. Um, if you like robust tobaccos, I mean, this is up your alley. I mean, this is charry and and meaty and earthy and there's some sweet yeah, accents so to savory. this, and it, yeah, it's very savory and, and umami. And yeah. if you have the patience to relight like, this a few times, <clears throat> I mean, this is for you. And eventually, you'll get it going. I am curious, though. Uh, I have some some ideas, but mm-hmm. there are definitely, if you're a cigar guy, you're going to notice a lot of common flavor elements in this tobacco that you mm-hmm. don't often find in other pipe tobaccos Mm -hmm. right um are there any specific cigars out there that you guys think share some common flavor traits with this with this tobacco yes the uh roma craft uh slobber knocker that was like Mm -hmm. smoking a steak Mm -hmm. yep i agree with that i think there are um a few a few uh cigars within roma craft that probably also share some some characteristics because they're known for being heavy hitters mm-hmm. um, i've got a few that come to mind mm-hmm. now that i'm do do share do tell um i would have to say the Le beiju mm-hmm. torpedo box press or toro robusto my father my father yep so the Le beiju my father I want to definitely say the 724 Factory 57. Yes, that's yep. what I was hoping you would say. There you go. Yeah. I got that. The 113, too. 113, yeah, it's got that some 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 commonalities there. Um, maybe, no, I was going to say Aladino uh, Maduro, but that there's, there's more of a sweet um, aspect there. Uh, maybe the Prodomo. Reserve Maduro, the blue label. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I think I think those those cigars would be if somebody whiskey if, rebellion. Yeah, mm. you can do the whiskey rebellion. That's a good that, one. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, if I saw somebody, Bradford, yeah. yeah. If I saw somebody that was that was you know, if I knew one of the customers that smoked cigars and in pipes, I would mm. definitely recommend the. What about the Olmec? Ooh, mm. Claro or the Maduro. No, I wouldn't do the Claro. I wouldn't do the Claro. Maduro. This is the Maduro for sure. The Claro is more for me, anyways. Is light, well, light to medium, complex. There's a little bit more spice. There's a little bit more earthiness there, but not like this tobacco. This tobacco is just, it's kind of in your face, really meaty, really earthy, really kind of. Really strong, really mm, like it'll take you by the it'll take you by the mm, effing neck mommy. and be like smoke me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Smoke so so I I the, I'm glad you said the factory 57. That was one I had in mind. Yeah, um, I didn't think about the whiskey rebellion, but I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And there's another, and it's I I'm going to struggle articulating here. What about reminds me of it? So I'm I'm you may know what I'm talking about. Maybe able to do it better than oh, than and I. The, and the knuckle dragger. Yes. 
but the foundation Highclere Castle Victorian. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like something I, about I, it to me is similar, but I, I, I am having a total failure to articulate what it is. I think it's a sweetness. Maybe no, it wouldn't be the sweetness. No, you're wrong. No, <laughs> maybe your mom. <laughs> maybe maybe the spice. Maybe the there's. The I haven't had that cigar there, in right? so long. Yeah, I want. I'm trying to because I haven't had that cigar in so long. I'm trying to nail it. To try to, man, I, now I'm gonna have to smoke it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna have to smoke that's the High Clear Castle. So the the Vitola that I smoke is the Corona. Oh, so so you get a reference that like what I'm picking up. I'll have to buy one. Yeah, I'll smoke it on the way home. All right. Well, Kaz, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank it's you for having awesome me. Awesome to see you. Yep. Always great to have you on always, the show. Always, 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 always a pleasure. I hope to have you up in another uh, four weeks when you bring back up the. Um, Next uh, 724. All I need is an excuse, Dan. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. what, that, that's right. That's what I'm counting on. People. Make, make sure you forget your coat here, too. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's another excuse. <laughs> we'll get Kaz back. No worries about that. Mm -hmm. Be careful that, what you wish for. That's our show for tonight. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week, next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll just blow and smoke. Smoke them if you got them. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.